Welcome into Instant Analysis. This one following Alabama 31, Florida 29, right here at Ben Hill Griffin Stadium in Gainesville, Florida. A little bit of a thriller for you. You didn't think that was going to be the case, did you, at 21-3? Maybe the Alabama defense didn't think that was going to be the case either. But the Crimson Tide hangs on to win its SEC opener. First road game on the conference for the 2021 season. And Bryce Young and the Tide, they get it done. I can tell you, uh, pretty humid down here tonight. No, I am not, by the way, coming to you from like nearby Florida State Prison that's just over in Rayford, not far from here. I know you see kind of the caging effect behind me. No, this is the top level of the press box. So open air press box here at Ben Hill Griffin Stadium. A little bit of a dying breed. Radley says his chest hurts. I'm in that club already, Radley. I can't do it anymore. I don't have I don't have the uh, capacity. Richard says that game stunk. Richard, did you come down here in 1990? Because if you did, you'll take the W. I was here in 1990 when Alabama got plastered, got shut out. What was that, 35 to nothing in year two under Gene Stallings? Of course, went on to win the rest of the games that year and won the rest of them the next year. W is a W, my man. You go on the road in the Southeastern Conference. If you had been here today, I think you'd have a better appreciation for what the hell happened out there, especially once it started once the toothpaste started to come out of the tube and you couldn't really get it back, tough, tough spot. So, uh, Mickey, how you doing? Roderick, yeah. What a game, right? You'll take the W, and Michael says it best. A win is a win. Now, look, you don't have to like the 258 rushing yards. Nobody's telling you that because yours truly, yours truly yesterday in his five predictions, he added Alabama 35 Florida 27, and some of you people took me to task on that. How is Florida going to score 27 points? And look, when it was 21 to 3, and we knew that Anthony Richardson wasn't going to see the field for the Florida Gators in the game, yeah, I was starting to doubt myself a little bit. But give credit to Dan Mullen and the Florida staff. They knew they had to stick to the run. If Florida didn't stick to the run, this was going to be an ugly, ugly game. Really didn't have a choice uh, with the personnel being what it is for this Florida team. And as they did that and the confidence grew and then you had a second quarter for Alabama offensively that uh, uh, won't show up anytime. That second quarter for the Alabama offense won't have its own wing at the Paul Bryant Museum, will it? Three, three and outs. I think it was 10 plays for three yards. Alabama ran in the second quarter and as a result even early in the third quarter when Florida went on that length of the field drive to open the third and cut it to 21 to 16 you are already starting to see some guys with hands on hips for the Alabama defense and Alabama tried to roll guys in up front but it wasn't a clean performance by any means for the Alabama defense. I thought you still had too many guys, especially at this point in their careers, jumping in wrong gaps, missing tackles. And you knew Florida still had a lot in that playbook after games against Florida Atlantic and also South Florida. So, again, you have to at least partially credit Florida. The speed option was a problem for Alabama in the game. Um, and you had a couple of big pass interference penalties, and the same can be said for Florida. Florida got hit with multiple big PIs. Josh Shobe got hit with two more. 
the penalty issues for Josh, unfortunately, continue on. Not sure exactly where he was at from a health perspective after missing last week. So, you know, again, survive in advance on the road when you're talking about the top half, especially the Southeastern Conference. Uh, Alabama did exactly what it needed to do early with the three straight touchdown drives and the last one coming off a takeaway. Jalen Armour Davis with the interception set Alabama offensively up on the short field, and they took advantage of it. And at 21-3, again, I know what I was thinking. So to hear Nick Saban in his postgame comments talk about, you know, maybe they got a little bit ahead of themselves up 18. I, I could understand it because – this place was deflated. You were starting to get the smattering of boo birds. You've already got a fan base that's not very thrilled with the current quarterback situation. So it was perfect for Alabama. And then the ineffectiveness on offense coincides with Florida getting it going on the ground. And the Gators in the final three quarters go for 213 on the ground. Felt a little bit like Ole Miss there, didn't it? Felt a little bit like Oxford last year there from the second quarter through the fourth. But give the Alabama defense credit, kind of a strange play call, I thought, to go with the mesh like that when you've got a quarterback that you can also get on the perimeter in Emory Jones. But the Alabama front seven got it done, kind of like the 99 game here, speaking of games I've seen in this building. Uh, it came down to an extra point, essentially. How big was the, uh, the extra point that Florida missed after cutting it to 21-9? to we might still be playing, folks. Ken, how are you doing? Jason, thanks for checking in. Todd thinks that Alabama should have run more. Um, yeah, I can see some of that, although I would say, too, that Alabama's backs were still huge in this game. I mean, you look at Robinson and you look at Jace McClellan, both those guys had touchdown catches. So whereas the run game, you know, they got ravaged on the ground. No ifs, ands, buts about it. But they're not built like Florida either. So, you know, when you're quarterback-centric like Alabama's become more and more, you know, you're going to have to sort of figure it out in terms of scrimmage yards, as we've talked about here in the past, more with your backs and just good old-fashioned line it up, you know, zone read, pound, pound, pound. Florida tonight offensively, you know, who they kind of reminded me of, was probably – Alabama 2016 and even into 2017 with Jalen. Yeah, Matt, we talked about it. Cardiac issues across the board for a lot of Alabama fans today. Um, they're going to be run heavy, whether it's Emory Jones or Anthony Richardson. And once a run game like that, like Alabama in 2016 and even 17, got into rhythm, very difficult to deal with. And so, you know, Alabama kind of found that out the tough way tonight. And, uh, Chris asking about Trey Sanders, you know, Charlie Potter and myself just a minute ago down there were discussing it was Brian Robinson and Jace McClellan. And so you sort of anticipated that. Maybe a little surprised you didn't see a third back, but this is kind of what you grow to expect once you get into SEC play. And for Sanders, not saying this has everything to do with it, but Roy Dell Williams put the ball on the ground. Uh, in the game against Miami, didn't see him as much against Mercer. And then Trey did have a fumble last week. He got it back, so credit to him for that. But, you know, those are the type of things that don't go unnoticed right now. They obviously feel like 
uh, B-Rob and Jace are their top two guys, and I thought they played well. I really did. I mean, with everything that Todd Grantham tries to throw at an offense between pressures um, and the opportunities that Alabama's going to have in the passing game. You know, I thought Bill O'Brien took advantage of all that early in the game for sure. Thought they got a little more pocket-oriented, down the field-oriented, really maybe a little impatient there in the second quarter, maybe trying to force the intermediate to deeper game. They had a couple of shots that looked pretty good in the air, but they weren't able to really hit them because, you know, you won a game on the road with your top two guys on the outside combining for, what, 103 receiving yards? Um, Tight ends came up big. Jalil Billingsley with a touchdown catch. Cameron Latou. Both of his grabs went for first downs. Yeah, Brian, we'll get into some of that on the defensive side of the ball. I just I didn't like Alabama's safeties and support throughout the game. And look, the inside linebackers had their issues too. I was to the point where I turned to Charlie during the game and said, you're rotating at the tackle spots and kind of across the front. Hell, I'd rotate Jalen Moody in at this point because it was it was tough out there today. It was physical. It was uh, it was warm. It was humid. Uh, you know, you can have all the sports science in the world you want when you go to North Central Florida and play a 3:30 Eastern game on September the 18th. A lot of that goes out the window. It just becomes, can you survive it? And that's essentially what Alabama did today. And you know, when Alabama needed to run the ball, they did it late. They got the first down. Really didn't get Mullins. Uh, approach either in not onside kicking with three ten left in the game, and then also his lack of usage. I thought um, with the the timeouts, I thought helped Alabama out. It was bizarre being here and the clock doesn't work with three minutes to go. And so, uh, but Alabama when it needed to get a first down and get out of here, that's that's what it did. Um, yeah, the tackling in general today just wasn't good enough. And, again, you give credit, that's a veteran Florida offense in a lot of ways. When you talk about Malik Davis or Damian Pierce, those backs have been there for a while. And um, so they did a good job. You, uh, Yeah, it was a tough day. And, again, um, I would say this, Courtney, the, the, the crowd noise was very legit. And for the first time since 2019, Alabama had to deal with that on the road. And even, I guess if I think back to 2019, Auburn was certainly loud. But, you know, that's where you kind of let them off the hook there, up 21-3. to You'd work so hard early to get this crowd out of it. And then with the way the second quarter went, you could see Florida fans starting to think, well, there's still a shot here down 12 at the half. And then to come out – and put together those uh, those early drives. Uh, that just, it was reignited all over again. The snap counts were difficult. They were going with the clap count. I tweeted during the game that that wasn't going to work anymore. At that point in the third quarter, you saw them go to the uh, Javion Cohen flashing to Darian Dahlcourt to snap the ball. They eventually went to Bryce doing the leg kick, leg hike, and then also shooting his hand. Uh, it was difficult, man, and ladies. It was not easy. It was not easy. Florida's got a really solid team. Now, look, we may get down the road in retrospect and say, eh, 
maybe that win wasn't so great. Maybe Florida from here doesn't uh, go on to some bigger and better things. Or maybe for Emory Jones, this is sort of his Jacob Coker in 2015 game against Ole Miss. Remember that one? That was a loss for Alabama at home, but it seemed to connect that team with its quarterback. I don't think you can keep Anthony Richardson off the field entirely different in that way. I think you're still going to have to use him. But if Emory Jones didn't have some teammates that sort of were in his corner uh, going into today, he put a few more in that corner, I think, uh, even in a loss. And and I know we can talk about this thing both ways with the, uh, with the Alabama defense. Um, you know, there were just multiple times there – about midway through the second quarter, through the second half, you're thinking this isn't the defense a lot of people were believing it was going to be. Doesn't mean they still can't be, but third and 10, UF has it from their own one. And if you make a tackle in front of the sticks, you know, you're getting the ball. And uh, you're up 28 16, maybe on a short field. Yes, on a short field. And uh, you, you just blow the assignment. You, you, you give up the throw underneath, which is fine. And then you play it inexplicably from there. It's just it's a lot of it's situational football, and it's a lot of things that you can clean up. And, you know, it's better to go through this and wins, that's for sure. Um, not sure about Marcus Banks. Uh, Charlie noted in the pregame to me that uh, he didn't see Banks. Um so, no, he, he wasn't here. He wasn't here. Anything else, gang, before we uh, get out of here, we get out of this uh, this pit? Yeah, Blake, I thought Bryce is just poised once again. Um, you know, Slade Bolden, bless him, he's got the easy touchdown catch in the third quarter, and he just absolutely butchered it right in the middle of the end zone. And so now you've got uh, third and eight from the ten, and Bryce maintains his poise. Good play call from Bill O'Brien. And, you know, they pick up the eight yards to the two. And next play they go in. And it's like the Bolden drop never happened. I did notice, though, on one of the ensuing possessions, you did see JoJo Earl in there. He sat down in the hole, made a catch, showed you some of that quickness. So, yeah, trip. I would think that offensive line definitely, you know, still has some work to do. I think you sort of anticipated that going into the season. Um you know, with the changes, you know, I think, yes, you're disappointed that you have a veteran in Emil Eki or have the penalty issues he had in this one. Um, but I thought they did some pretty decent things at times as well. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th 
Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Barry, that's going to be interesting as far as the dogs and the tide. Uh, for the SEC championship. I, I'll tell you, I was impressed with Florida today. And, um, you know, that's going to be a neutral site game in late October. I think it's Halloween. Nick Saban's birthday this year. I think he's going to be able to spend on the off week watching Alabama, excuse me, Florida and Georgia at the cocktail party. Long way to go, gang. So long way to go. It's still mid-September. Mid-September, like I said, you may look back on this game a month from now after Ole Miss, after Texas A&M, and say, you know what? That was maybe the biggest hurdle to clear. Um, You may look back and not so much. So anyway, gang, I thought, you know what, too? I thought James Burnett did a nice job today. We like to give it up for the punter here on Instant Analysis. I thought James Burnett, I was, and I'll tell you, I was worried about James Burnett. And um, thought he did well. I think he's still more comfortable with the rugby style, which he should be. I mean, hell, that's where he's from. But even some of the more traditional stuff that he's continuing to work on in pregame, you can see the improvement that he's making. Um, So I think uh, kudos to James Burnip. You know, and you're pretty sure what you're going to get with Will Reichert at this point. That was disappointing down there when Alabama really wanted to go for the throat in the fourth quarter and was set up for the fourth and one. It just seemed like it took a while to really get set, even coming off the timeout. And, um, you know, you end up with the the uh, penalty down there. But, you know, Reichert comes in, makes his field goal, makes his extra points, Florida's guy didn't make one of his extra points. That was Jeff Chandler in 1999 all over again, wasn't it? Same end zone and everything. Well, all right, gang, uh, from an injury perspective, we didn't talk about that. I think that's maybe a a positive to come out of this game. Kudos to Will Anderson. Haven't talked about him enough probably for playing through it. I thought with Will, the thing that showed up tonight, I think Saban sort of alluded to this postgame, was that when you don't have a normal practice week conditioning, even as much as these guys do, even if it's just a little bit off, then you combine the factor of playing in a place like this in September. Um, I'm sure they played him more than they had even planned because they had to. Um, Chris Braswell rolled in some. I thought Drew Sanders played some good football at times. Uh, you know, it, it's not a it's not a day for the ages for this Alabama defense. But as we talked about time and time again, this is a different era. And um, you know, I know everybody wants to go back to 2011 when Alabama came in here and held Florida to 10 points, and seven of those came on the game's first play. But we're a little bit removed from that. And as Nick Saban himself has said on more than one occasion, stops over stats. And ultimately, Alabama got just enough uh, with a two-point stop. That's going to do it for instant analysis. You guys get your daubers up, man. Y'all got that. There goes Charlie Potter. 
by the way. That's Charlie Potter right over there. You know him. You love him. He does outstanding stuff for us at BamaOnline.com. We're going to have continued coverage of the postgame from Gainesville. It's been a lot of fun. Hell of a football game. Had a little bit of everything. You can breathe now. It's okay. Until next time, so long, everybody.